You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Yes, as you heard, I'm Dave Rubenstein. This is a special episode of What the Dev. As we uh, speak with Ronak Raman, he's the Head of Developer Relations at Quali. And the conversation started about infrastructure as code but straight down a, a kind of a winding path to cover such things as developer burnout and how far left can shift left go and uh, is marginalization stemming from a lack of trust between developers and IT or is it a symptom of IT not skilling up with the uh, coding tools they need to create the infrastructure for developers? So it's quite an interesting conversation. I certainly hope you'll continue to listen in and, and hear the whole thing. I want to touch on the, the one of the first things that you said, and it is related tangentially to not just developer burnout, but to every type of um, job burnout. Uh, let's talk about that marginalization that you mentioned for the IT department. And I know we're here to talk about developers, but you know when you're faced with a problem, or at least when I'm faced with a problem, I I like to understand what the other side is. You know, there's there's no way to move forward as a team if you're just pressing your your own uh, views here. So marginalization, you know, uh, seen as kind of, uh, you're taking away my thing, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, I mentioned in, in, a, in a previous uh, a talk, you know, about my, my, my old man, a technologist too, and he dealt with mainframes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and actually, um, so, so does my partner, she, uh, her dad, also did mainframe programming. But one thing they uh, both had in common was they never updated their skills. And they saw in the uh, 80s sort of this territorial behavior of, hey, you're coming in, taking my thing, and now I'm left with nothing. And so I saw this happen, uh, you know, both to the generation that came before me and now what I press is the only thing constant is change, all right? Mm-hmm. And you have to be updating your skills. We talk about it, and this is all tied in, right? We talk about a shift left, right? We talk about shift left, uh, but how far can it go? You shift so far left at the end, you think you're just working with a developer uh, committing code, but that's not true either. How long do you think a developer is going to be typing in an editor code mm-hmm. to, to start this pipeline? Um, that would be like saying, oh, we're going to automate everything. Uh, until a developer is just creating punch cards, you know, for the, it's not going to happen, right? Okay, so I think the marginalization is a symptom of, uh, you know, this whole lack of trust and, and where I'm going to uh, go for it. And I think the solution there is just uh, update your skills uh, for where the digitization. You know, you're not uh, racking and stacking servers anymore. And hopefully you're not going uh, in a cold room and and, and you know, organizing your uh, wires, you know, we need new skills uh, to get us to do uh, and to live our art and, and, and live our best life um, mm-hmm. there. It's interesting. I, I always equate this with, I used to work in uh, general circulation daily newspapers for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you have is people of my age, uh, I'm in my 60s now, who 
carry it as a badge of, uh, badge of honor that they used to work in hot type and and lead and so romantic. Yeah. yeah, you know that's what it is, and they and they look yeah. at everybody else kind of with a you know that's a side eye, like you know, hey, you know, how come they're getting raises and promotions, and you know, they're just holding on to their thing and going, this is my turf, and you know, get off of it. But the whole world is passing them by now. It's about videos and multimedia presentation and all these kinds of things in newspapers, and these guys want to go back to lead type, and they wonder why the world's passing them by, you know. Hit the nail right on the head, David. Yeah. Right on. It's it, it, it. See, and what you just demonstrated too is that it's every single industry. So, you know, I, I know we're here to talk about developer uh, burnout, and and I'm going to get to that. But I I don't see the marginal. I see the marginalization as a symptom. You know, oh my leg hurts. Oh well, your leg's actually broken. You need to get that fixed. You know, right. but um, <laughs> right. it, it you'd not not take pain medications to uh, make the pain go away. Yeah. Um, so if we flip the script now and we talk about uh, developers and uh, I don't, you know, I, I think we all know they're not trying to take anything uh, from IT or let's even talk about the centralized uh, DevOps. Mm. Uh, what it is, is IT and centralized DevOps orgs, they are uh, representing different interests than the developers. I, I see developers more as creative artists deep, deep in their heart. Uh, and I, and I'm saying that because I'm, I'm speaking as one and, mm -hmm. um, and, and on all my experience, no matter how, you know, techie term they folder or whatever, they're really creating some sort of, uh, art. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it and centralized DevOps represent the business interests. You know, they're in a whole different org, uh, structure and they're in charge with making sure guardrails exist, governance exists, right? Mm -hmm. I have my Sarbanes-Oxley, I have whatever compliance, uh, HIPAA or whatever that I need to answer to the business for. I'm not answering to um, the, the product team on, on products uh, coming out of the pipeline faster. Um, I'm trying to reduce cost, cloud costs. Yay, we moved all the cloud, all our problems are solved, right? Oh no, where does this huge bill come from? And that falls on the responsibility mostly of these. Uh, so there are two different concerns. There's the business concerns with absolutely legitimate uh, governance, uh, cost, security. Um, and then there's the developer's interest, which, by the way, is a is a minus of interest. I don't want to care about infrastructure. You know, that's cool that you gave me IAC tools, but I'm just going to learn Helm good enough to do what I want to, which is bang out awesome features, you know? Yeah, that's uh, super interesting. So, but that that kind of leads me to another uh, point, and I, I want to ask you about this as well. Did you ever see the television show The Good Place? To you? Oh, know? yes, I love it. Uh, it's good to see Ted Danson still still has it. <laughs> I know <laughs> for for us old men. <laughs> I, I think he's great. But anyway, so I wrote a column not long ago saying that you know maybe DevOps is the bad place because. <laughs> You know, people are being told, you know, come to come to you to DevOps and it'll increase speed and efficiency and all these things. And yet people are in this quagmire of silos and API calls and they don't know what the heck they're doing. And they're like, you know what? Maybe this is not the good place. Maybe this is the bad place. <laughs> 
you know, I, there's a lot of things that still obviously need to be worked out and, and why people still years and years after we've been talking about DevOps are still kind of toe in the water. Look, the, all the big guys are in because they have the resources where, sure, sure. you know, if they fail on one little project, the whole rest of the thing keeps humming beautifully. But I think it's more of the midsize and smaller companies that you know are very uh, have a lot of trepidation, shall we say, you know, about putting the toe in that water. And so, how do you think that impacts all of this kind of? I mean, we're talking about culture change, tool change, job function change. All, yeah, you know, you said it yourself. The only thing constant is change, but there's so much change going on. How do how do people keep their head above water? Well, I would like to uh, do a hat tip to the good place and and say, David, what the fork are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay, so we're talking Thank about you. change as uh, <laughs> we're talking about change as being constant, and we're talking about burnout. And I, I want to say, I want to preface um, that, and in 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 the talks that you've have, I you know, I believe you can validate this too. Uh, Post pandemic, I'm a developer. And um, I kid you not, every person that I know that has changed jobs during the pandemic, uh, the lowest pay increase that they got in changing jobs was a 40% pay rate. That's the low. Okay? <laughs> That's the low one. Some people have doubled their salary. Okay? So what does that mean? You know, organizations aren't uh, charity organizations. And if you think you're pulling a, a fast one off, over on the corporations on your salary, think again, um, there's lots of smart people that plan to get their money uh, out of that. that, So there's an increasing amount of uh, pressure on developers. And again, you know, I'm starting to see, you know, the salaries and the perks uh, are starting to remind me of, you know, uh, of like movie talent or artist talent, you know? Uh, we, we want the best, you know, we, we're willing to pay and, and look, there's an espresso machine here and whatnot, you know, or, or whatever. Are they still doing that? The kegerator and the, the kegerator. It's like, yeah, no, we're post that. It, yeah. It's a, it's a hat tip to that, but here's what it is. Um, more like, uh, why I, there's so much demand for these awesome developers that can create these features. Cause, uh, everything is software now. Every company is is a software company that, you know, and we need these artists, um, and craftsmen, maybe they're more like carpenters, you know, um, craftsmen, uh, or, or craftspeople, I should say, um, to create our software. Uh, why ever? And there's a reason why talent gets treated like, uh, like prima donnas. Actually, I'm just building the case that I can continue to be kept, uh, being treated like a prima donna. No, I, I'm just kidding. Um, the, the, the real uh, reason we're treating them like prima donna, we're, you know, like uh, at, we're insulating them from the crap that we're not paying them for. You know, I want this developer. We all want the uh, developers not to be burned out. That's the old model of uh, building uh, develop. I remember as a, as a young uh, developer, once upon a time in the Pacific Northwest, it, it literally, uh, the developer burnout model is like, yeah, the, this big company is going to use you up for about two years and then, then you'll be done. But that's an old way of thinking. And that's like housing. It's like, because there was more inventory back then right. and companies could do it. Less inventory now. And so we're starting to think, I don't want my developers struggling to create infrastructure. you know. And maybe it's not safe for me as a company 
to have developers also using IAC without some guardrails. Okay, I'm a big company. I want to put guardrails on there, um, but that's that's tough. You're who creates those guardrails, you know? Um, and they need things that are watching for security. Is it my developer's uh, problem that the uh, Docker file or the container that I'm building or the AMI that I'm using or the, you know, whatever that I'm using has a security flaw in it? You know, I, I don't think I can really expect... I, I know some of my colleagues say security should be in every person's mind. And, and I agree with that. But they're not the security expert, you know? And so we want to give them that. Uh, I'm picturing more like... And you see companies trying to do this with their Terraform scripts and stuff. They try to put guardrails on so that developers... What's the point? So that they don't have to care about that. They can just provision their software. And that's, that's what we need. And then the organization needs to see that you know, sort of in a single pane of glass, they need to see that all of their infrastructure interests, costs, security, um, and uh, governance are, are all being taken care of. If all developers can, you know, ramp up all of their, you know, environments that they need all the time, you know, what are some of those problems uh, then that that can cause? Well, uh, you know, just to, uh, right off the top of my head, you know, based on experience, so if I'm a developer and I have access to, let's say, Terraform, or um, you know, maybe I have, uh, maybe I can do Helm scripts on my Kubernetes cluster. Uh, right off the bat, I'll see. Uh, so we usually have a CI/CD pipeline, right? That goes from code commit, and the end product is a deployment out to production, and people can use the feature, right? Um, but a funny thing happens along the way. It's like uh, I have a testing environment. I have a perf environment. Do these things look like production? And I'm suffering. Like, okay, I. Um, it's kind of like making a, a modification in your car, and you increase that portion. Like, uh, you know, it's like a. Uh, but now you find the bottleneck elsewhere, mm-hmm. so you can't go as fast. And that's also part of that shift left. As we continue to shift left, it's like, all right, go go crazy uh, with these uh, IAC tools, but you're gonna start to see. Uh, escaping defects because I don't I don't have my environment as production and that's from the developers concern. Another concern from the business side would be, oh, why is my Amazon bill or why is my Azure bill so high this month and not next month? And remember that affects evaluation too. Um, I know of a story where, uh, and this is probably not an uncommon story where uh, you know you, the the org missed uh, their their quarterly earnings because of a bill and that was traced down to an environment, a perf environment running over the weekend. That That's like, just makes my head explode. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and you probably would hear about that. It's like, I don't think anybody's good at uh, always 100% manually shutting down uh, infrastructure they don't use. So, so we mentioned things that could help, you know, single pane of glass and whatnot. Another thing is having, um, thinking of your infrastructure as a, uh, has a life cycle. And maybe the developer is not in charge of that, right? Because maybe they don't care about the life cycle, but it does have a life cycle. And so if you create it, you got to have the end in mind and then the maintaining it in the middle as a culture. But you want to remove the hardship and toil. Mm-hmm. from work. And it, it's these things that will cause developers to flee your organization because if you don't remove that toil, uh, there's another organization out there 
that that has. Let me ask you this question, mm -hmm. uh, and it has to do with speed. Mm -hmm. all, all people talk about it. All people hear about it is if you're not first to market, you're out of business. These direct, oh, yeah. you know, messaging. You know, you're you know you're going to be left behind, or you're going to be out of business if you can't go faster and delete. You know, and every little movement in your market, if you can't address that right away, you lose. You know, right. So, so how much of that, and that may be true for a handful of industries and a handful of companies, but the vast majority of companies, I don't think need all of that yet. They buy into it. And how much of that is contributing to developer angst, burnout, great resignation? All the uh, totally. Uh, that's totally contributing to it. All right. And uh, one thing I want to say about moving so fast. And I think we can see where this is going. They're going to move fast. They're going to catch bottlenecks. They're optimizing their car, right? They're optimizing their engine and they're tuning one thing. They find the bottleneck, uh, next bottleneck, and they're tuning that. But in all of these, and let's just uh, take what you said uh, as true, that, that they actually all do need the, the speed to market, okay? Because one day it'll be true. Right. Even if you take all of that as a given, Here's another thing that's going to end up causing uh, burnout, toil, and 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 just general ugliness in the in the recruiting world. Um, escaping defects, like uh, now my car, you know, when I souped up my '76 uh, Volkswagen Beetle, now my brakes are an issue. I am going so fast uh, mm -hmm. that I just don't have the stopping power in that in that little uh, bug, right? Mm -hmm. So. We're going to have escaping defects as being a thing. And you know what happens when escaping defects? So I'm a, we're a DevOps shop. We're super agile. And our developers are full stack developers, right? Escaping defects will mean weekend calls. You know, developer will feel the pain. They'll be on there diagnosing and hot fixing it. That is um, a terrible pain that can be avoidable. So I think the next uh, thing after we we button down this infrastructure issue, the next burnout to really get to is I've invested all this in my CI/CD pipeline. How do I make sure my testing is optimized? And forget about testing optimization. How do I make sure that I don't have escaping defects in moving so fast? Maybe it wasn't a problem ten years ago because I wasn't moving as fast. I had testing cycles that were you know quote unquote reasonable. Yeah. But I'm going to have escaping defects. And you're already starting to see in the market, there are tools that are coming out there that are tying whether your testing is actually improving your product quality. And, and part of that is also making environments ready to do that testing mm -hmm. um, on. So they're tied up. I think testing will be that next uh, nut to crack. Okay. Well, Ronak, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, certainly a pleasure speaking with you. You touched on a lot of really interesting points. Uh, so thanks for being with us. And once again, uh, thanks to our audience for listening in. And until next time, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now. <laughs>